Hi, you're about to listen to an episode of Borough Talks, a podcast from Borough Market. A very, very warm welcome to you. We're going to be bringing you a series of conversations around food and food culture with some inspiring guests and leading voices from the food industry. I'm your host, Angela Clutton. I really hope you enjoy listening to this episode of Borough Talks. And if you do, you can subscribe for more from us. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Borough Market. I am here again at the market. We've done a couple of really uh, good recent episodes where we've actually managed to be down here rather than in the studio, which is always cool. And better than ever, I am with um, someone who I've only met once, but she very quickly became someone who I was really inspired by sitting over a table with and got so, so, so excited about being able to walk around the market. But she doesn't live in London, and so it's like, oh my goodness, how are we going to make that happen? Anyway, here we are in Borough Market with Alice Zazaski. Yay! Who made the trip especially (laughs) from Melbourne, Australia. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, a trip to Borough Market is always worth it, wherever you come from. And we are doing this on the Tuesday just after Coronation Weekend which is kind of a bonkers, brilliant time for you to be in London. It is, um, but it's funny because I, when we flew in, we flew in on the Sunday, so missed the actual crowning, um, got there on the Sunday, went to Camden, and I have to admit, I saw very little in the way of bunting. I saw very <laughs> little in the way of festival. It just felt like a really Camden's nice just Sunday. Plain cool. it's, it was, just, it's just too cool. That's it. It's a, it genuinely felt like okay, a really Alice, nice Okay, Alice, so look, I'm going to stop here. We are outside one of the Bishmangas. So it's like quarter to ten or something. The market is still setting up. I think the market officially opens at ten. Mm-hmm. So these guys are still kind of getting themselves together, and and coming early is like the best time to be at the market and really kind of get that buzz of it setting itself up before everybody kind of comes. You get that you know, that real feeling. I mean, it's just nice seeing all the buckets and all the ice and everything that everyone's doing. <laughs> Alice is taking notes by just not listening to me at all. No, I'm, I'm um, actually very good at multitasking. It's just, look at the monkfish. Look at those huge yeah. fish. But you've been here before. I have, but it never gets old because it's seasonal. So the last time that I was here was in November, and that was right. a completely different experience yeah. in terms of what yeah. produce was. Well, look, that's, that's a good way to start here. So now yeah. we're outside turnips. So we're doing this, what month is it? It's May. May. Beginning of mid, beginning middle-ish of May. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we here are just coming out of spring into summer. And you know, we're going to feel that, I think, as we walk around. So we've got some early berries, got some blackberries, got some lovely raspberries, got some strawberries over there. Mm-hmm. Little ones around. We've got trains always going over. Yeah. Oh, and it's a little bit And so here's the thing. Um, that strikes me about the produce. Some amazing wild garlic. This is oh, the about doing the podcast that no one can see. So yes. I don't have any wild garlic with me, so I really just kind of struggle to get it other than at the market. <laughs> Loads of people seem to have it nearby, can like go foraging. I just don't <laughs> seem to have that. But what we have here is just, oh man, beautiful flowers. It's just so lush and fabulous. Isn't it? Is wild garlic an Australian thing? You can find it. Yeah. Um, you can find society garlic as well, but mostly you can forage for it. Yeah, of, yeah, in yeah. The, but you wouldn't want to because it's by the side of the road. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and you wouldn't it, find it like this. Would you put that in a vase? Uh, well, you definitely could, couldn't you? I mean, we're looking at a massive display that must be like a metre square. <laughs> and it is—it looks like a garden. It's incredible. It does. We've got lovely asparagus. Mm. This is the thing that strikes me as well, is, you know, in Australia, 
Uh, if you were to go to a market, you know, Melbourne has a couple of beautiful fresh produce markets, yeah. um, but there's nothing like this in terms of really? the breadth and the scale. Really? And also because you've got so many other kind of climates on your yeah. doorstep, you know, you're seeing some some little French, little baby potatoes, and um, I'm seeing British asparagus, which Look makes me happy. Yes, Gorgeous. It's a... Uh... Y Valley. I'm so seeing this Y Valley. You're going, to see, you're going to see it everywhere the next few days. Sure. Absolutely. Awesome. Should, we head, should we head out? Um, Alice, I gave you a big build up, but I think I actually failed to mention what you do. I got very excited <laughs> about how much I like loved sitting off, opposite you over that lunch, but then actually left everyone hanging about, yes, but who is she? What does she do? So, Alice it's Dusty. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, Alice Dusty is a food writer and a vigilante. Yes. And you are kind of, I'm going to crown you as the queen of Australian cooking. Oh, look. Should I, we go with that? I, 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 that is too kind, <laughs> but I will take uh, Australia's, Australia's vigilante. Um, vigilante. And I, sort of my role at the ABC, so the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, is to bring a love of food and a, and a sense of the importance of these kinds of conversations to the everyday yeah. Australian. Um, and, you know, I think that if there's one thing that I'm passionate about, it's making it inclusive and exciting for anyone. Yeah, from foodie all the way to those people who just eat to live. Yeah, you know, I'm an I'm a live to eater, and I would say that's about the same. <laughs> and thing I think that really comes across good stuff. So, um, you've got two amazing books, both of which sit on my desk at work when I'm writing, and are huge sources of guidance and inspiration. And obviously I cook a lot, I cook a lot for a living, but I always learn something from your books. So you're there, it's you, Nigel Slater, the big river cottage A to Z. There's no queue. A fitness law, if there's no queue in Monmouth, you have to get a coffee. Sure. I mean, George coffee? Uh, I w it would be rude not to. I think, I think, <laughs> I think it would be. Thank you. Um, That's so great. I know, isn't it? Yeah. And we've got... Um, I'll take a photo of that. This is the thing. There's stuff that I bring home and I say, did you know this is happening? Like, we've got some really fantastic sustainability-minded uh, innovations in the coffee space. I was, so I was just talking about the books and how uh, inspirational and, and exciting I think they are. Thank you. Um, and Impresa Veg came out at the end of 2020. And not much was happening no, in 2020. I, I think it was a, really a very, very quiet time for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, <laughs> so, so we, had you finished it by the time pandemic hit? We finished shooting it the week before the whole country locked down. Wow. So if it had been a week later, we wouldn't have been able to finish. Like it's 150 oh, plus recipes yeah. and mostly all photographed. Yeah. So it, it was quite a feat to even get that book completed. But I think really... Oh, you look oysters. That's got Oh yeah. Hello. Good morning. Hiya. <laughs> they, they look great. This is my jam. When I was here yeah. in November, I was having oysters almost daily as like a breakfast item. Um, <laughs> well, I you just sometimes see that like really early. People just like over at Richard Hayward's that I was telling you about earlier. Yep. Who just like standing there, just like having their oysters breakfast. Yeah. I've, I've never seen them as a breakfast food, but... Well, we as a family do, and that's where I've left my husband and daughter, so they'll, they'll be... In getting in there. Amazing. Yeah. You have to go and catch up. Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't know loads about oysters. Do you know loads? Like I don't. Well, so I know loads about the oysters that we get in Australia. They're but different. There are so many different varieties yeah. here. I mean, um, typically you get the Pacific oysters and the rock oysters. So you can see like these ones. And we've got Sydney rock oysters. We've got all kinds of different. There's one variety that Australian producers are actually. Um, bringing out that I think is unique to Australia called the waterfall oyster which are um, they go through like a water filtration system but they also spin and as they spin the shell gets shaped differently and the other oyster that we have that I don't think you have is called the Angazi oyster which is flatter so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll let, the, we'll let the, the tourists we'll get some oysters. I love those. Me too. Oysters, so many. You can mix. Wow. And the oh, so Shall we go over to Richard? Yeah. Let's stick with the oyster vibe. Let's Alice is now locked in. Hello. Yeah, just me and the sea urchin. When we got married, um, Nick and I went to the south coast of New South Wales, which is where most, so Batemans Bay is like sort of most Sydney rock oyster country. Uh And um, we went out on a boat and the guy brought up into an estuary and the guy brought up oysters for us to, and that, that was an oyster experience. So we are, we are heading to Richard Hayward, but we're going to have to like just ooh and ah at things on the way. Ooh! Morning. <laughs> ah. Nice, nice, nice breads and pastries and everything. Oh. It's just like, I can't tell you how much joy it brings me to be walking around here with you. It's just, it's so this is my, this is my gallery, this is my museum. You can bring souvenirs back. And I do. In fact, Matt Preston, um, who I'm sure your listeners would know as one of the OG Australian MasterChef judges, yeah. uh, he and I host a radio show look together. Master, I'm going to have to look at the MasterChef. So uh, he and I host a radio show together now, and he said to me to bring home some cheese, and I'll tell you exactly what the cheese is called so we can add it to the okay. list. Uh, it is called, because I said, what do you want me to bring? And he said, young Pear Philly cheese. Oh yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Good choice. Good shout. <laughs> I mean, Excellent. he knows some things. <laughs> it's always. I mean, I've been working with Burr Market for about six years, a little bit more, and I still find it incredibly exciting. It just never, because it's never, it never stays the same. Mm-hmm. It's always changing, and what, as you were saying earlier, it's like the seasonality of it means it's always changing, but also the traders change as well. There are guys who've been here for you know decades but then you know there are new people coming along all the time we're just about to come get down here to one of the sort of newish ones Ooh. Really lovely honey people are you into honey i am into honey uh, yes. very into honey so what they do here they do this very cool thing higher um where you can sort of do a honey tasting and start at the really kind of mild end and then kind of get intenser sure. as you go along and that is a, very a honey flight too. A flight of honey basically. <laughs> honey tasting is very cool. Do you try any honey? What is the most sort of iconically British honey? From the UK we have a Devon flower one, so white flower from Devon. Beautiful. And another one, same white flower from Sussex with a French vanilla pod inside. Oh, Devon. Just the straight up hit us with the neat yeah. Devon, please. I don't need it. I don't need any French vanilla in there. <laughs> Impeding my experience of this British white flower honey. Actually, I'm going to open a new. Uh, I so I see some Australian honey. You know, there are some really terrific honeys coming out of Australia. Yeah. What I love about honey is that 
there is so much thank you terroir to it. I think, like, oh, even. I think that's Thank you very much. But you know, I can't pretend I don't have you know, the supermarket's easy bottle in my cupboard at home because that's just like you know, life. Mm-hmm. We all have that stuff. But you know, when you get things like this, where it is absolutely about the ter- terroir, as you say, it's just it's just a different thing. Mm-hmm. And it's seasonal too. Mm-hmm. I think people don't realise that the colour changes, that the, t- the viscosity changes of the honey. And wow, are all your honeys raw? Yeah. So unpasteurised, nothing added to them. Sure. That's so lovely. It's very nice and light, actually. Very light. Tell me about this. Oh, it's a creamed. Yeah, this one has been hand-stirred. Mm-hmm. So it has a creamy texture. There's nothing added to mm-hmm. it. I'm going to take you into Burrow Kitchen, which is where most of the hot food traders mm-hmm. are now put. And I think, I think it was a really, really smart move of the market because it felt like everybody benefited mm. that the produce traders like where we've just been people who want to come and shop and get their fish and get their vegetables and get yeah. their bread like it's really focused yeah. on that but then the people who want to come and hang out and have something nice to eat it, that's all like together as well now this is amazing uh, do you know phil juma so good no. so phil juma iraqi chef uh juma kitchen hi absolutely <laughs> hi there really 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 gorgeous yeah and I've done a couple of podcast episodes with him actually, and he talks so interestingly about when he started to kind of want to bring Iraqi food to London, about the the kind of perceptions of what that would mean, and it's really, really, really interesting. How it's long has it been here? Did you say a decade? No, 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 no. He started just before the pandemic, yeah, probably. Right. Okay. I mean, most of this area only started just before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is really cool. So cool, okay, please. <laughs> look at this, look at this, look at this. Hiya. Hello, how are you? You're really okay? good, yeah, how are you? Really good, really good. Good, good, good. So, the dosa butter is made with lentils and rice blended together. And these are steam cooked potatoes. Obviously, a train is coming just as we started doing right. Obviously, yeah, exactly, the train. <laughs> Talk us through what you're doing. So, the potatoes are uh, steam cooked for at least one hour. It doesn't have a lot of oil. The dosa butter. So, split here the mung beans and rice blend together. This is so great to do for a podcast. Yeah, 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 because yeah, completely visual on the train going over. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect, really. Cheese? So do, you, do you want to cheese in it? Do you think we should? I can't think of a reason you should. Okay, then we simply must. <laughs> Thanks. Cheesy dosa. Yeah, so that's uh, this is actually paneer. Right. The dosa butter. What's in that? The dosa butter. So it's uh, split yellow mung beans, uh, basmati rice, then uh, chili powder, turmeric, cumin seeds, garlic, ginger, coriander, and salt. And roughly on a like on a Saturday, how many of these do you think you would make? Uh, around uh, three hundred. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. How long does it take you to make one of these? It's in front of you, so it takes maximum two minutes. Sure. Wow. Oh, that's good, huh? Yeah. It's so beautiful. It tastes even better. It do- I know. I can vouch for that. So I've always wanted to ask you. So when you do that and you turn the underside and again this is terrible for the podcast because no one can see it but it has this lovely kind of frilliness and almost like a pattern yeah, on yeah. the underside what gives it that it's uh it's just the air in it you know okay yeah so you 
Right. That's what gives it buffiness. Because it's, 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 it's like lace. Yes. So you were talking about the pattern, right? Yeah. So did you see how there were some bits that were denser? Yeah. So that weighs it down more, so then you get the darkness in the denser layers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Food science. I'm, I'm the child of two science professors. Really? So, so thank you. Miss the chai, you should have the chai. Yes, we should have the chai. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for making sure that we don't leave here untried. So like, this is the best chai in London? Well, obviously. Great. Yeah. And so you're actually quite nerdy. I am extremely nerdy. Yeah, so I've like applied their um, computer brains yeah. to food. But I didn't realise that at first because I, I, re I rebelled against it. I actually went and studied creative arts and teaching and I thought that I would... I mean, I do. I'm, I'm very creative and I apply all of the kind of film theory and, and creative writing in what I do. But you can't escape the on food and cooking brain. Like I read McGee cover to cover when I was on MasterChef Australia, you know, we had a lot of, lot of downtime. Yeah. So like yeah. it's all annotated and yeah. yeah, I think it's just being a food communicator is being a science communicator because there's so much food science yeah. to cook in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Thank you. <laughs> that was just Thank me you. stalling till we got chai. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Best Very chai in London. Best chai in London. Brilliant. <laughs> hey, you know, when I came here, I had that humble crumble. The queue oh. curled around. Yeah. Well, this is why coming in the morning is really good. I mean, it might be 10 o'clock and we're having those and we're contemplating crumble and so maybe not. <laughs> but it is a great time to kind of come and feel it. And I yes. just, I mean, and in the evenings, it's really cool in here. And I think it's just really nice gathering together all the traders who do the hot food. Yeah. And yeah, you've got that. The ramen guys here. And there's so much, there is so much going on. And I like the amphitheatre too, because yeah. again, when we were here, it was full of people and everyone was kind of interacting, even if they had just met. Yeah. There was a kind of sense of camaraderie to community, yeah. Yeah. I guess. Exactly, exactly. Thank you. Um, okay, so what have we not seen that you would like to see? What have we not done? Good question. Okay, so we've done the seafood, we've done the veg, we've done, well, we need to go on cheese. Should we do cheese? Let's, Let's cheese. do cheese, yeah. all right. Do let's. So my friend Anthony from Maker and Munger. Yep has been talking about Neil's Yard Dairy since I, I knew him. So I think he came out and did maybe some sort of um, training, masterclassing with the Neil's Yard Dairy team. They've got a really collegial relationship. When you come to Australia, to Melbourne, go to Maker and Munger, you'll get that Neil's Yard Dairy feel. Uh, but when I came to Neil's Yard Dairy, I was just like, holy guacamole. Imagine if Anthony had the access to all of those different cheese you know because he can import it but it takes so long yeah whereas you have much more access but also i think there's uh the, the demand is higher so he can so you can support him more that's what it is so all right look at this i was just gonna have to stop and look up because it's one of the best views like you've got the lovely mirror market sign you can see right through the market and you look up and there's the shard yes like how cool I, I, one of the things I love most about the market and we've got like graffiti on like the railway bridge and stuff I just love that it's so London it's <laughs> I love that we're bang in the middle of London it's just like it is what it is it's fancy but also grand yeah it is and I love that like you know you've got all the cobbles you've got the graffiti we've got the trains and then you've got like some like the smartest like restaurants and producers and it, it's just the, it's just the energy I think it's just so much I agree I don't think I can take the dozer inside because I think the cheese people might like that mm. well here's one we prepared earlier <laughs> <laughs> the um, last time that I came here they had just brought in a box of apples fresh oh, apple orchard apples Amazing. and I was in there 
eating the apple with the cheese as like a palate cleanser. And I said, is this how people use it? And they said, we've only just gotten them in and now we're going to recommend everybody that Because when I'm judging cheese, when you're judging cheese, it's all about those little apples, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. What is that? It's rinsing the cheese, obviously. What? It's like a shower. It's a cheese shower. Is it cheese rinse? Do not touch the water in our humidifier. Oh, it's a humidifier. Oh. It's a humidifier. Yeah, so that's actually, I think, something that Anthony was inspired by with Niels, yep. is that he's created a cave-like interior yeah. in a very kind of shed-like space. Yeah. Hiya. Hi, good man. So this is a bit like a... We are here for the cheese. Um, so tell me about, I mean, why don't we... Why don't we try the carefully? Because that's the one. That's what you're here for. Presto. I mean, yeah. that is what I'm here yeah, for. Sure. I just hope he hasn't sent me in for like the stinkiest, softest cheese because that's going to be that's going to travel interestingly. I've got this Dockers Cafili somewhere south. I also have one more if you can try. Wow, man, I love cheese. So nice. How will that travel to Australia? Australia, is it? <laughs> well, have you uh, checked in luggage by any chance? Or yes. Oh, that's good, straight start. And you can back seal it, right? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm afraid. Oh, no. go for the cheese. Because it, um, it'll squeeze out all the cheese. Almost sweat. Kind of, it draws out the moisture. There's something so moosey in that old one, isn't it? It packs the flavor. Oh. Okay, well. Matt Preston, when you listen back to this podcast, this is proof <laughs> proof that I tried to get the cheese and was told by Bjorn that, that it just isn't going to happen. Uh, but I did. It, it's but the we thought that counts. It, it was really nice. It was really nice. Delicious. Wish you could have been here. Yeah. What's your favourite UK cheese? Um, I'm from Lancashire, so I'm going to have to say Mrs. Kirkham. What's that? Oh, my goodness. This is what I mean. Have you got any uh, Kirkham's Lancashire? Like Anthony gets in the Monty's and the Haffert, but very like this is the fact that this is all British cheeses, right? Yeah, they are. They are. Wild. Tell Alice about the um, flavour. A bit more crumbly, a bit more buttery, and flavour notes. It's proper traditional English cheese. There's something very fruity in the nose. You know what it smells like to me? Maybe it's just the long haul flight. Smells like fruit. You remember, like a yogurt, like a children's fruit yogurt. Oh, I don't know. No, maybe I need to. Like a yogurt. <laughs> yes, like a yogurt. Yeah, That's yeah, it. Like a strawberry yogurt. With her. <laughs> yeah, you're all over it. Hey. <laughs> I think that's called humouring you. No. <laughs> I haven't had one in really donkey's years, but yeah. That's where that took me. That was very nice. That's about your first Lancashire cheese. No. Hooray. Yes. Let's say yes. Hooray. Yeah. How would you eat that? And um, we just eat it. Right. Apples, just, as you were saying sure. before. Yeah. Would you cook with that? Would you cook with my you, It melts incredibly well. Does it? Um, like we've done it all ourselves. Like nothing yeah. into like whole cakes or but yeah. yeah, with apple would be divine really. Amazing. Okay, let's move on. Thank you so much. I'll be Pleasure. back to buy some cheese to eat while I'm here. Yeah, please Thank do, you. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Look at the buttons. Right. Like oh, moving man. everywhere. Last time I was here I bought cheese and butter. Yeah, uh, there was there was a particular butter that they sell here that's nice. like. I mean, I just I just think oh. that when you like so kids and I talk to people in the Canterbury market, look up, <laughs> look up, look up. Yeah, because like you get so excited about what's on the stalls. Also, look down, so my stepping runners. But look, but look up. 
because that's how you see the beautiful architecture and you just kind of really see how all these bits of London over the centuries just like come together in one place. Look up. Nice. Are there any sort of forward plans for future borough market adjustments and things? Or I think always. The yeah. joy of this place is that it's always evolving. Mm -hmm. uh, it never stays still. Changing for what people need, for what traders need. You know, really kind of you know responding to how they can make the most of their businesses mm. and make the most of enabling people to enjoy this incredible food. How do you negotiate the different traders? Uh, what would you call it? The dynamic of so many different people's needs. It's, it's a hard thing to navigate your way around, I think. And there are people who, as we said before, there are people who've been here for like decades mm. and then always new people coming in. But I get the feeling from talking to the traders and certainly for the book, you know, I spent even more time down here talking to the traders. It feels that everyone is very embracing of each other and just wanting to make it work. Oh, that's cool. And when I have traders on the podcast, they talk a lot about you know, when it's winter and it's cold and they're setting up in the dark, there is a camaraderie because there kind of has to be mm. to get through it. Yeah. And it really, you know, it does it does feel like that. It's a special place, huh? It's it's very special. It's a, it's special for me to return to it. There's a reason why I always find the hotel within walking distance to Borough Market and it's just been such a privilege to get to walk around it with the Queen of Borough Market <laughs> if we're talking Queens. Um, you know, I can't wait to get off the mic and hear the real tea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and go shopping. And drink the masala yeah. tea. Yeah, 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 exactly. Alice, thank you so much for coming down to the market and having a look around with me. It's been a joy, Angela. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be back with more Borough Talks soon. You can still enjoy the best of Borough at Borough Market Online with nationwide delivery. You can head to our website for more information, subscribe to our newsletter. There are lots of recipes and features on the Borough Market traders.